Hey, Mary, did you know that there actually lived a Mr. Dolch and a Mr. Fry? This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Hi, and welcome to episode 11. I did know about Mr. Dolch and Mr. Fry, but I can't wait to learn more. Today's um, episode is all about sight words. Hi, I'm Shannon Betts, and I've been teaching for over 16 years. My specialty is locating the missing pieces in students' reading development and choosing just right activities to fill those gaps. You can find me online at readingdevelopment.com and at rdngdevelopment on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, I'm Mary Sagoffi. I'm a reading tutor. I've taught in all elementary grades, and I have Orton-Gillingham training and have been helping students with reading issues and dyslexia for 10 years now. I love talking all things teaching, and I believe that humor goes a long way in asking students and teachers to do hard things. I'm excited to share with Shannon and learn along with all of you. So, Mr. Dolch and Mr. Fry, Edward Dolch and Edward Fry. Oh, didn't realize both their names were the first name, same first name. Oh, they, Eddie's. Yeah, those Eddie's. Um, Lasting impression on education. They were both uh, PhD professors and university researchers for reading. And they were both based in the whole language approach um, and looking at a whole word. But they also still believed that phonics should be taught, but they approached the sight words from a whole language approach. And in this episode, when we're talking about sight words, we're going to sometimes say high-frequency words and sometimes sight words, but we're using those interchangeably because you should know them by sight, yes. and they are highly frequent in almost every text we see. The key with the sight words, high-frequency words, is automaticity. Yes. So. Um, actually, 100 words account for almost half of the words that we read and write. That's what Fry found out in his research, and that 10 words... The words the, of, and, a, to, in, is, you, that, and it account for almost 25% of all the words we read and write. Just those 10 words. It's pretty amazing. So those I know I know by heart are the first 10 uh, Fry words. And Fry developed um, a thousand words, actually, that are high-frequency words that are found in the English language and he started with the highest frequency and those are the first 100 those are the first 100 and then they kind of increase in frequency by increments of 100 so there's the first 100 list the second 100 list third 100 list and they're numbered so the third 100 list starts with 300 to 399 fourth 100 um, continues um, all the way up to a thousand. So the first 100 words are really essential um, for getting kids to read. Uh, in first grade, we used to say that the kids really should have that math, all the 100 words mastered, and now they're even pushing it down to kindergarten. So a lot of times um, when kids are moving from kindergarten into first grade, those first grade teachers are really expecting them to have automaticity in the first 100 sight words. So parents, if you're listening and you have a child within that age range who may be struggling, we're going to 
give you a lot of tips and tricks to um, keep working with your kids and make it more fun, multi-sensory, make sure that um, you are teaching them in a meaningful way. Yeah, so I have, my youngest son is in kindergarten this year, and actually at the beginning of the year, we had a number of birthday parties, and on the sidelines of the birthday parties, a couple of us got in conversation of, what are you doing for the sight words? Because they had had some of those first parent-teacher conferences where the teacher had stressed, your child needs to learn these sight words this year. Please work on the sight words. Please work on the high-frequency words. Right, and um, it it does come differently with other kids, so if um, your child is struggling with that um, it doesn't necessarily indicate that they're going to be forever be a struggling reader sometimes it's a developmental delay and it um, could also be an appropriate developmental delay Um, but we do want to make sure that we are teaching all of our students to read so let's just focus on the interventions right now yes and we'll talk in a second about why some of the side words are tricky for some of the students so you mentioned that fry had the 100 well the thousand words and then broken up into groups of 100 dolch on the other hand um came up with 220 words and actually there are not any nouns in that list he has a separate list for nouns right um and his like at first i was wondering why they're grouped differently so it's pre-primer and then primer and then first grade second grade third grade and on the pre-primer list is the word yellow and I was like why do the students have to do yellow as the first sight word list but that's because students in those pre-k and kindergarten classes are probably going to encounter the word yellow in a lot of sentences if I see a yellow sun or something like that yeah um and you'll also see that there are also phrases so there's nouns phrases Um, and other numbers so not to discount Dolch I have nothing against him love working with him Um, I liked the frequency of using 1 through 10 um, in increments of 10 and so I I've done it several years different ways sometimes I'll use Dolch words sometimes I'll use Fry words Um, but if you are using a numbered list sometimes it is important to get the order correct when the teacher is working they also should not be memorizing the words on the list. So you do want to use flashcards or some way of um, ensuring that they're not just memorizing. Right, the from words. top to bottom. Yeah. Like when I test the students, I always mix up the order to make sure that they didn't just remember the list. Oh, I know this first word is this word, this word, this word, but they're not really matching the letters to the sounds. I usually teach Dolch because most, both, most of the schools that I've taught in, the teachers and the grades beneath me and the grades above me all use dolch yep. and so i traditionally teach the dolch words um but i break each category in half because sometimes there's 40 or 50 words on each dolch list and i feel like that's a lot to learn at one time right so instead of five lists um going from pre primary to third grade i'll teach um 10 lists half and half and half and half and so on yep and I definitely agree with that too I taught kindergarten my first two years teaching and so we actually did the dolch words and we put them on rings and the kids would do um uh five words at a time and then 10 words at a time and it was always a race to see who could get the most words which I'm sure you've seen in competitive kindergarten classrooms (laughs) and they color in the words on the Uh boxes and there's lots and lots and lots of ways to teach sight words, so we're hoping just to give you some um, ideas tonight. But before we get into all of our ideas, I want to do a little explaining about what makes um, a word um, a word that 
Shannon likes to call naughty or nice. I think maybe you should explain your naughty or nice theory first, and then I'll go into some more like technical. Okay. So about five years ago, I was, um, I taught first grade and that was the only year I had taught first grade. I, um, had taught third grade for a long time and there was a reading specialist for a long time. And then I was placed in a first grade classroom and I was like, Ooh, okay. I had, done first grade skills, especially with my upper grade low readers, but had never really taught a first grade homeroom before. And I was working on teaching them the sight words and it was about Christmas time. And I was trying to engage them more. So I came up with nice and naughty and I made a T-chart on the easel and labeled one column nice and one column naughty. And we went through the sight word list that we were working on for that time period And I said, okay, let's decide which of these words are nice, which ones are easy to read, which ones have letters that match the sounds, and which ones are naughty and have strange letters that don't match the sounds. And I did it kind of on a whim. I had the idea probably in the shower or driving to work because that's, you know, usually when we get quiet (laughs) and we have creative ideas. And the students took to it so quickly that I have only taught sight words that way (laughs) since then. And... um we later became up with that definition that nice words have letters that match the sounds and naughty words have letters that don't match the sounds. They don't follow the sound rules. And now I teach also that those are called irregular words. But when we were going through the words, like the word big, but ig, if you sound it out, every letter makes sense the way it's spelled. So that went on the nice list. But then we got to the word said, said, I told the kids, I said, look, if we were the boss of English, how would we spell this word? And even the first graders came up with, they would spell it S-E-D because it sounds like red in bed and lead. And so um, I said, well, that's just not how that word is spelled. So it's going to go on the naughty list and we're going to learn that it has a sound spelling of S-E-D. But when we write it we have to remember that it's one of the weird words and we have to remember to put these extra letters where it has an ai even though it doesn't say the a sound and the word of is like that too said and of are two of the words i usually use as examples because of should be spelled uv if we were the boss of english instead of of and um i really noticed it was taking off when a couple months later in first grade teaching first grade is so exciting because you really can see kids learn to read from the fall to the spring. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really exciting to see that development and know where they were at the beginning of the year and know how far they've come at the end of the year because you see the most rapid growth that year. But one of my students who was struggling, um, she was not a reader coming out of kindergarten, and so I had to start from scratch with her. And she was trying to sound out a word in a slightly bigger book, um, one of those kind of skinny little chapter books like Henry and Mudge or something towards the end of the year. And she tried to sound out a word, and she used the sound rules that she knew and it didn't make sense and she goes oh that's one of those naughty words and she immediately tried a different strategy so she used context clues she looked for chunks that she knew maybe how it was spelled instead of the sounds um she used picture uh, clues and so i realized watching her try other strategies that she had internalized that that she now knew that just some words are irregular and that's okay But she had that knowledge because if we don't explicitly show that some words are strange and odd, then the students aren't really aware of that and they think that something's wrong with them. It 
because they have to sound out every single word. Right. Well, and I think also the nice and naughty gives students this kind of pass. Like, oh, well, all right, that one's a naughty one. I'm just going to, you know, use a different strategy, kind of ignore that that piece. Not ignore the word altogether, but ignore that sometimes there are rule breakers in the English language. Um, And that's sort of the methodology that I was taught when I was taught to teach um, irregular sight words. We use, um, we call them red words in OG, and um, there's a specific protocol that's very systematic that you use when you're typing or when you're teaching these red words. And so um, I always kept them in a red folder, and we used a red crayon and a bumpy screen, and you would first read um, a sentence, and the sentence might be on a card that I already had, and it would say, I have a set of books, and the of is highlighted, so you're going to write O-F on the bumpy screen um, with crayon three times and go over it again three times, and that's the multi-sensory component to Orton-Gillingham, so you would go O-F, and you need to state that out loud as well, O-F, and you would do it three times, and then next on the back of my sheet, um, they would write O-F, of, and you need to say O-F, of, from memory three times, Um, and then uh, you're going to write it in a sentence. I have a stack of papers, underline, and that systematic way of practicing those words is really important and essential for kids with dyslexia um, and those who are struggling readers um, to make sure that you are being so explicit and it is really getting ingrained into their memory and rerouting some of the way that their brain processes how they're recognizing those letters. Um, so we call them red words, and when I would teach them, we would say stop, and I have a big red stop sign. Stop, I see an irregular. Or if you see an irregular, they would hold their hand up really high and say stop, um, and we would practice that a lot. Um, but I really love the nice and naughty, so teachers out there, um, feel free to utilize that strategy. I think it's brilliant. We would code it with a happy face or a frowny face or yellow for good and red for bad. I really like what you were saying about how after you practice the word a number of times, you had them write it in a sentence and then reread that sentence. And that's extremely important because a lot of times we think that the students know it because they know it on the index card but then they do not recognize it in real reading passages. Correct. And so that word really has not been mastered. Right, exactly. So fluency is one thing when you're reading single words. There's another... Right, in isolation. Right, exactly. So there's a whole other piece of it. Um, And sometimes when you have a child who's having an issue with that... um, a good way to bridge that is using um, the fry, um, the Dolch word phrases, and he has phrases that um, the student can read to practice fluency, and you might just do a, um, an extra intervention check that way. Like in the morning, that's a phrase right. we use a lot, and so putting those, stringing those words together, they kind of recognize that phrase more than just those words in isolation. Okay, so we've covered Dolch words, we've covered sight words, we've talked a lot about Um, what makes irregular sight words important. Let's talk a little bit um, about some strategies to teach sight words. We're going to talk about ideas that you can do at home if your parent's listening and you want to help your child learn their sight words if they're in kindergarten or first grade. Or 
if you're a teacher and you want to do some more hands-on activities that maybe you've tried or maybe that you haven't tried um, with your students in your classroom. So hopefully um, these ideas are good and that you can try some of them, but also we want to hear some of your ideas as well. So we will give you your contact information at the end of the episode, and we would love for you to join the conversation and share some other ideas. So a classic one is just dollar store letter tiles that you can use on your fridge, but I also like putting them on cookie sheets because then they're all contained. Me too. (laughs) And um, I like, uh, there's a game called Bananagrams, and they have a, just a lovely, like, heft weight to them. They're only yes. uppercase, but the students like making the sight words with those. And then I also have fun um, letter tiles that are called sight word string ups that I got from a teacher supply store, and they fit on a pipe cleaner. And they're colorful and fun to make. Um, students can uh, put shaving cream on a desk. I'm or so glad you said that in the one. bathtub or somewhere else. And they, you know, you can call out a word and they can practice writing it. That was hands down my students' favorite activity. Every year they knew that I would just bring out that shaving cream and they would ask for it. And sometimes it would be a reward that they would do. But shaving cream makes kids so happy. And you would smell it in the hallway going down. You would say, right. oh, okay, that teacher did shaving cream that day. <laughs> if you're at home and you choose to do uh, whipped cream, that might be really fun, too. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that idea. Um, you can write letters on popsicle sticks, and mm-hmm. then the student could form that. And that would help them, you know, know, like the word said, I've got to choose four letters, even though I don't hear all those sounds. Yep. Um, I was talking to a kindergarten teacher next door to me today and she said that she uses those um you know those like puzzle piece carpet like kid carpet things and they're foam and they click together and they have the alphabet so they're kind of large covering my house where we are right now (laughs) yes (laughs) houses in every house of toddlers in america so she uses just those foam letters and she says okay class i've got um, three letters to build a sight word. They're mystery letters, and she'll put them behind the kid's back, and they have to sort of feel around the shape of the letter and figure out what letter they have. And so then once they figure out, oh, I've got Y, and I've got U, and I've got O, then they put the letters in front of them, and then the class kind of helps them rearrange those letters to form that sight word. So they're practicing some letter recognition um, in a tactile way, but then they're also manipulating it and seeing how to change up the letters to make that word. It's a super great way to get kids to recognize their letters, too, if you want to just do it at the letter level, but then I love it with the sight word level. Well, and just because when you change up letters... Sometimes you make a new word, and sometimes you don't make a word at all. But the second you lock it in place, and it's Y-O-U, it's a word, and it has meaning. And all of a sudden, our brain lights up because we know that word, and that's that's making the connection with reading and sound symbol correspondence. Totally. Oh, I love that. Um, on a summer day, you can give the students um, or your kids um, a big prank brush and a cup of water, and they can... Um, draw the letters um, on the sidewalk um, and kind of the dusty sidewalk and make words favorite here at my house or using chalk Um, when I had my upper grade students like my fifth graders that were really struggling with reading um, I put a butcher paper on like half of the hallway wall and I gave them a ton of markers and I said just go to town and make your words you know if your word is said and of and big and little and down and maybe they had 10 words I was like make them in all different letters but kind of make a graffiti wall and practice your words and they really liked doing that I yeah I think that one is great especially for older kids 
Um, the kids can make words out of pipe cleaners and kind of shape it. And mm-hmm. um, that really practices a lot of like figuring out how the S is formed or that helps with B and D. We're going to do a whole episode about B and D, but um, it is important that they know that. And so forming it with pipe cleaner to know which way to make the circle and which way to make the stick and thing is important. Using um, Play-Doh is another way. Yes. It's a favorite of mine too. So where you roll out the snakes and form the letters. As soon as you make a snake, you can make any kind of letter, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and also when you're practicing them, provide context, especially some of the words that are more abstract, like the word R, A-R-E, or the word of. I usually use the phrase United States of America, Queen of Hearts plate of cookies something like that to help them remember um what that word means i love it um there's so many great ideas i'm gonna i'm gonna do a kind of calling all parents um because one of the first pieces of advice that i give um the schools that i worked in have actually had a lot of parent participation and parent involvement and um very almost overly concerned parents at times and so they often wanted just as many activities as possible and happily they would do all of these activities with their kids so um, my list grows but my number one piece of advice is encourage your kids to read everywhere so if you're at a restaurant read a menu read the labels on food read product boxes um in your house take a sticky note and start working on those kind of problematic words and put them next to you might not want to put it next to the bathroom but as an entrance fee you might say hey before you enter your bedroom let's read these three words that are on the sticky notes right here put them on the mirror in the bathroom put them in the refrigerator right on top of the refrigerator before they open the refrigerator they need to read s-t-o-p stop or (laughs) maybe that's a bad maybe that's what i need to put on my refrigerator (laughs) um another great idea is uh you know, write a sentence and then have them fill in the blank with a sight word and have them actually write it out. And you could use any of the multi-sensory, um, you know, tactile things. But another great one that we touched on early in the beginning is have your kids read the cat in the hat. If they can read cat in the hat, then they're practicing. And green eggs and ham. Oh, you're right. We've discussed this. I always mistakenly say that. Cat in the hat has decodable words and high frequency words, but... Green eggs and ham, I think, has all the twenty one or two hundred twenty Dutch words in it. Yeah, it's like somebody gave him a challenge to make a book only with those words. That's and he right. said challenge accepted. And let's just um, blanket statement say use Dr. Seuss as a great resource. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for early readers for sure. Um, the other thing is, I like to utilize car time a lot, and when you're chatting, you might start to um, do some sounding out words in the car. You might say, hey, guess my word, S-A-I-D. Um, those are always really fun games, or my word rhymes with. Um, also, making a cheer is always a really good one. Oh, yes. I um, have done that before. Give me an S. Yes. S. Give me an A. A. Give me an I. I. Give me a D. D. What's that spell? Said, and we're working on it. Um, I had a little girl in my kindergarten class, and she worked so hard on those, and she would cheer everything, and it was it was really wonderful. So sometimes those are, like, the essential keys that, like, really get to a kid. Um, also, I love looking through a book and just doing word search and looking for one specific word on each page. Um, so these are kind of like specific, you know, 
ideas for parents, but there are some other um, strategies and uh, ways that I've found that I found to be really helpful. So I love the website, This Reading Mama. She has really, really great free items for um, parents. And she has this game that's a sight word, guess who? And you ask yes or no questions. Does your word have three letters? Does your word have a Y? Does your word mean the opposite of? Um, I thought that was a really cute game. Um, But the one that I really love, um, she has sight word action cards. And I've definitely used these with my kids. So um, she'll say, okay, let's do some karate spelling. So when they spell the word, if it's a tall letter, then they give a punch really high. And if it's a um, short letter, they're going to punch in front. And if it's a letter that falls below the line, then they're going to do a huge karate kick. So they're spelling their words with the whole I like body. that. That's like word shapes. Like with right. the word down has like one tall letter and then the rest of the letters are kind of just the shorter rectangles. Yeah. So um, an, an issue that I uh, continue to work with with some of my older students is that their spelling of sight words is still problematic even in fifth grade. Um, and so... Uh, we're simultaneously working on sight words and we're working on computer typing skills. And so a lot of times um, we'll be typing sentences that have um, some of these specific irregular words in them. Um, Another way to teach, and this is my final thought, and I'd really love to get some feedback on this if there are some listeners who have some experience with structured word inquiry. So structured word inquiry is figuring out the etymology or the word origin of words. And there's um, a really systematic way of going through and teaching sight words specifically. Um, And you can actually do this with first and second graders as well. So especially teachers who have done this with first and second grade students, um, breaking down the word origin and why the word is spelled the way that it is. So we're not just saying, oh, it's a naughty word, but then you kind of give the explanation of why the word is spelled the way that it is. It's really interesting. Um, I have found an amazing resource from the Upper Midwest Branch of the International Dyslexia Association. They have free webinars that are fantastic. And so they do have um, one that I'm going to link to about structured word inquiry, but I would love to hear some um, personal feedback. So So when you said structured word inquiry, I'm not very experienced with it, but when you were describing the words and their origins, I did remember reading a short history about, like, for example, the word have, which is one of the sight words, H-A-V-E. And in, I don't know, Old English, Middle English, Canterbury Tales time, (laughs) it was pronounced have. Right. Like behave. So it is a magic keyword with the long vowel, but it's changed over the centuries. And now it seems like an irregular word when really it was formed. It wasn't. It was regular and followed the normal rules. Yeah. I, it, it's amazing to me, and I think that sometimes those little tidbit stories really kind of capture the fascination of some children and students, and that might be something that will help them stick um, and learn that that strategy. So teachers and parents, if you're helping your child with your sight words, try lots of strategies, make it fun. When I was home for the holidays, my sister was telling me about my nephew in kindergarten, and he was having trouble learning the words on just regular index cards. And so she wrote um, the words on plastic cups with a Sharpie. And he would build these massive towers 
with the words and he would have to read each word before he built it on the tower and then he would knock the tower down and he'd have to read the words again and he learned them so much faster because he had fun with it and that was more his learning style and that was okay the goal is for him to know those words and you know you just find which one makes sense to them they might need a story like have have or they might need to know the nice and naughty thing or they might really get into the shaving cream or knowing the shape of the word right or a bunch of different things but um make sight words fun not a drudgery and we want to hear y'all's ideas too because we just scratched the surface with ways to teach sight words and so please join the conversation what are your favorite ways to introduce or practice sight words we want you to email us at our email address, which is readingteacherslounge at gmail.com. Or you can comment on our Instagram post about this episode, which is episode 11. Or you can even comment on our blog post about this episode at readingteacherslounge.com. And we'll add your ideas to the resource list because we really want to hear from you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Reading Teachers Lounge podcast. We would like to thank Jordan Kempker for providing the original music and Allison Zane of Fruit Creative for the artwork. If you could please write us a review on iTunes, that will help more teachers find us. Also, if you find our information valuable, please tell a fellow teacher or a parent to come check us out at our website, www.readingteacherslounge.com.